this is Pastor Scott Holbert with Spiritual Onion. As we head into a new year, how about adding eat more onions to your New Year's resolutions? Here are nine benefits of eating more onions. They are packed with nutrients. Onions may benefit heart health. They are loaded with antioxidants and contain cancer-fighting compounds. Onions help control blood sugar and may boost bone density. They have antibacterial properties and may boost digestive health. And they are easy to add to your diet. It's a new year and time to make our New Year's resolutions. We imagine positive change in our lives. Even though we can attempt change any time of the year, the dawning of a new year brings with it the psychological fantasy that we can and will be better in this new year. And what form of resolution do we make? Here are our top 10 resolutions. Dieting and eating healthier, exercising more, losing weight, saving more and spending less, learning a new skill or hobby, quitting smoking, reading more, find another job, drink less alcohol, and spend more time with family and friends. What do these resolutions have in common? Obviously, these are personal, individual resolutions, and that is how we imagine moving into a new year. We will make changes to improve our individual lives. Looking more closely at these resolutions, we notice that a number of them address how we look or how we are perceived by others. These resolutions flow from the lowest expression of spirituality. That is, the first level of spiritual maturity is my self-image and my body is who I am. This is where we all start out in life, a necessary stage in our development. But many, if not most people, remain at level one. Our consumer culture organizes life around this theme, how do I look to others? And so we go under the knife or Photoshop our image to appear more attractive. We prance in our designer threads. We attune ourselves to Rebel Wilson's weight loss and the latest Kardashian fashion. We want six-pack abs and perky breasts, hopefully not on the same person. This is the world of Facebook or Meta. Be envious of my happy, happy life with my mountain of friends. If we live here, safety and security needs are dominant. Anxiety and anger rule our lives. Politicians play into these insecurities. Who pledges to be tough on crime? Who will protect gun laws? Who will cut taxes? Who will keep those immigrants at bay? This is the home of black and white thinking. There are no grays. It's all right, wrong, good, bad, either, or. When we approach making changes in the new year, I want to suggest that we hold the tension between two oppositional statements. 
Everything is just fine the way it is. There is a lot of room for improvement. Everything is just fine the way it is. There is a lot of room for improvement. What happens, though, if we don't or can't hold the tension? If we let go of the first statement, everything is just fine the way it is, then we are greeted by a constant sense of failure. We judge ourselves without mercy. Whatever we attempt, we do it wrong. We fall short of the imagined standard. We just feel bad about ourselves. If we let go of the second statement, there is a lot of room for improvement, then we just remain stuck. We defend the status quo. We don't want to hear any new ideas or contemplate improving our lives. Everything is just fine. Thank you very much. It is what it is. Everything new is stupid, wrong, useless, and unwanted. But trapped by ego stagnation, no one can really have a good sense about themselves. Why? Because life asks us to adapt, change, transform, and deepen. And as Heraclitus remarks, the only constant is change. So we hold these two oppositional statements in tension. Everything is just fine the way it is, and there is a lot of room for improvement. If we are interested in making changes in 2022, let's establish a baseline by listening to Carl Jung. The acceptance of oneself is the essence of the whole moral problem and the epitome of a whole outlook on life. That I feed the hungry, that I forgive an insult, that I love my enemy in the name of Christ, all these are undoubtedly great virtues. What I do unto the least of my brethren, that I do unto Christ. But what if I should discover that the least among them all, the poorest of all beggars, the most impudent of all offenders, the very enemy himself, that these are within me, and that I myself stand in the need of the alms of my own kindness, that I myself am the enemy who must be loved. What then? As a rule, the Christian's attitude is then reversed. There is no longer any question of love or long-suffering. We condemn and rage against ourselves. We hide it from the world. We refuse to admit ever having met this least among the lowly in ourselves. Along with self-acceptance as our baseline, we want to add an insight from Heinz Kohut, the father of self-psychology. He observed that there is pressure to live with maturity morality. That is, we are mature and grown up in every aspect of life. Kohut criticized this perspective because it is impossible to achieve. Maturity morality demands that across the board, we are well-developed and, dare I say, adult in every aspect of life. We need to cut ourselves a break. In some areas of life, we are well-developed. In others, we are immature. We will be underdeveloped in yet others. 
welcome to the human race. So in the new year, I would urge us to start from a baseline of self-acceptance, that we maintain self-awareness about the breadth and depth of our life. Everything is just fine the way it is, and there is a lot of room for improvement. As we ponder this new year, let's reflect on one model of spiritual development. First, as children, we have rules, values, and boundaries put into us. For example, I was raised as a Lutheran because my parents took me to a Lutheran church. It was not of my choosing. And Sunday after Sunday, year after year, values and perspectives were put into me that reflected a certain religious perspective. Further, my parents were big on education, so my sister and I were expected to do well in school and eventually go to college. As children, we do not have defenses, filters, or our own perspectives, so we cannot evaluate what comes into us from our environment. Second, some of what was put into us makes sense, but there is also that which does not. Again, as an adult, I hauled out the things the Lutheran Church taught me, and I affirmed some, rejected some, and deepened into others, making them mine. A kind of Aubertian Lutheranism. And this is what we all must do. We must examine what was handed to us by parents, church or synagogue, teachers, the culture, and see what fits for us. Here it is great if we have a mentor, because our parents cannot mentor us, or we will just remain attached to their outlook on life. We need an older, wiser person who can see us and aid us in our development. In this second stage, we live by what was handed us and experience failure. What works for one generation may not work for another. We marry and perhaps divorce. We work hard and still don't get ahead. We buy into a reward and punishment model with God and come up empty-handed. We suffer where we thought we would succeed. So third, out of the failures, we wake up. There is some personal religious experience, or we come to the realization that life is not about personal or private perfection. We surrender. We make changes. We undergo the tough process of transformation. We discover that we must undergo some form of suffering if we are going to get out of a narrow, ego-centered life. Here we grow beyond some private life. We are enabled to turn our attention from ourselves to God and others. Fourth, we begin to walk our own path in life. Once again, Carl Jung is helpful at this point. He writes, We cannot know how we ought to live. One lives as one can. There is no definite way for the individual which is prescribed for him or her or would be the proper one. If that's what you want, best join the Catholic Church where they tell you what's what. Moreover, this way fits in with the average way of mankind in general. But if you want to go your individual way, 
It is the way you make for yourself, which is never prescribed, which you do not know in advance, and which simply comes into being of itself when you put one foot in front of the other. If you always do the next thing that needs to be done, you will go most safely and sure-footedly along the path prescribed by your unconscious. If you do so with conviction, the next and most necessary thing, you are always doing something meaningful and intended by fate. He adds, Nobody can set right a mismanaged life with a few words, but there is no pit you cannot climb out of provided you make the right effort at the right time. These are encouraging words as we look to make changes in the new year. Now, I don't want to be a grumbly old white man, but isn't there a great deal of false gaiety as we usher in this new year? I mean, what are we celebrating? The appearance of a new strain of virus? The rise of angry white men carrying weapons wherever they go? Rising inflation? A growing divide among people that increasingly appears unhealable? Climate change creating catastrophic weather events? More people with fewer resources? These are indeed difficult and dangerous times. So let me suggest a shift in our thinking when it comes to New Year's resolutions. How about we consider making our resolutions about issues that affect all of us? Think about making resolutions for the common good. Increasingly, we are global citizens. The new strain of virus comes out of South Africa. Global economic issues affect us. Throughout the world, countries face the influx of immigrants. We are all engaged in issues that concern climate change. So in the new year, keep your eyes open. Yes, that's it. Vow to keep your eyes open and keep your heart open to letting opportunities come to you that serve the greater good. The greater good is what is shared and beneficial for all or most members of a given community. Newsweek columnist Robert J. Samuelson recently wrote, We face a choice between a society where people accept modest sacrifices for a common good or a more contentious society where groups selfishly protect their own benefits. During Vatican II, a powerful time of change in the Catholic Church, this statement was issued. It is imperative that no one indulge in a merely individualistic morality. The best way to fulfill one's obligations of justice and love is to contribute to the common good according to one's means and the needs of others, and also to promote and help public and private organizations devoted to bettering the conditions of life. No contribution is too small. 
Recreate your lawn and garden so they reflect an environment that supports the decreasing populations of birds, bees, and butterflies. Regularly contribute or work for a local food bank. Care for abused animals. If you change your diet, do it within a mindset of stewarding the planet's resources. Assist immigrants moving into your community. How completely overwhelming it must be to leave behind your country and your way of life. How much it would help to have a community of supportive people to help you find your way. Look for a like-minded small community where you can take collective action. The Spiritual Onion Team is a small community of people, all working to hopefully make a contribution to the common good. Be involved politically for the common good. What is most important, though, is keeping your eyes and heart open. And oh yes, if you're looking to make personal, individual changes in the coming year, just pick one thing at a time. You're not going to redo your life overnight. Pick one thing and commit to it. Change is incremental. We are healed by degrees. The best advice I received when I began lifting weights decades ago is, don't look in the mirror for a year. Why? Because we expect to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger in a week. Change is incremental. We are healed by degrees. Expecting some fantastic results overnight with anything will only leave you in despair. Here at Spiritual Onion, we commit to providing meaningful reflections on our spiritual and psychological life. Look for us every two weeks on Spotify, iHeart, Google Podcasts. Visit our website at yourspiritualonion.com. I thank you for listening, and I'll leave you with a poem by Edwin Osgood Grover. I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do the something that I can do. Happy New Year. Well, I forgot that love existed, troubled in my mind. Heartache after heartache, worried all the time. And then I saw the light Everyone around me Made everything alright Oh, Socrates and Plato They praised it to the skies Anyone who's ever loved
Oh, it's truly real. 